With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Ladies and gentlemen, you want experience during your football season? Well, buckle up, sweet cheeks. That's all we need. We've got all the experience in the world. This is I Want Your Flex with Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Mike and Dan break down everything you need to set your lineups. From position rankings to starts and sits, the guys help you make those hard decisions. And now, let's get your flex on. Here's Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Another episode of I Want Your Flex as week seven is in the books. Mike Harmon wraps up with the Rams and Bears more happening, I guess, outside the lines of the game in being interest when it comes to this contest. Rams put a bow on Week 7 with a 24-10 victory over your hometown Bears, but it's basically the conversations that Nick Foles is having with Brian Greasy and Matt Nagy that are really drawing the headlines from what was an uneventful Monday Night Football matchup. Great opportunity in the land of Chicago uh, on the morning talkers, I'm sure. Uh, Brian Greasy talking about uh, the conversation pregame with, you know, the meetings that they have with quarterbacks, you know, to inform their broadcast. Probably an off-the-record comment that, well, didn't stay off the record regarding the offensive line play and some of the intricacies of Matt Nagy's play calling. 
uh, as a guy who watches every down uh, of the Bears. I try to watch it for every team, but certainly for the hometown Bears. Uh, the special nature of Matt Nagy's play calling, it's not evident to me, uh, but certainly in terms of trying to get a pass playoff, uh, we see Nick Foles struggling uh, to work behind that offensive line. No run game and myopia at times with Allen Robinson. So uh, a bit of a mess and a lot of explaining to do coming off a miserable loss. It's funny because Allen Robinson seems to be the only bear worth playing in fantasy right now, but you go to the other side of the of the of the sidelines and you see the Rams and you think of the Rams of of years past when you could start Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup and expect to have one of those guys or two of those guys or three of those guys have really good games over 100 yards receiving probably from one of the receivers now you look at this rams team and you're not necessarily sure on what receiver is going to see the the action cooper cup while you think that he's still the favorite of jared goff it's not necessarily the same offense robert woods had a quiet night with just three catches and 22 yards in fact woods had more yards rushing than he did actually receiving so rams get a win they're happy about that but when it comes to fantasy bears have a good defense no doubt about it but still i don't think that anything was cleared up uh with the rams except maybe that you know again daryl henderson is going to be the guy who's going to get the most carries should be the guy ran hard ran angry 15 for 64 on the night two catches 13 yards Brown also took advantage of his goal line work, 10 carries, 57 yards, and the score. So two-headed monster, but the identity would appear to be more in trying to establish the ground game, not really working the ball downfield. A lot of yak. Uh, I, I would look liken it to the way Breeze and the Saints operate, right? 10, 15-yard routes maybe, and then trying to Mm -hmm. throw a guy open to maybe get some yak rolling in. We know the tight ends are always going to be involved. No Higby for this game, but Everett found the end zone. Uh, You had Munt. I just wanted to say his name. Three catches, 47 (laughs) yards for him. Uh, Goff, 219 and two, better than you would expect on the whole for fantasy purposes. Look, it doesn't get you into the winner's circle, uh, but a better day than I would have given him. Uh, And what was curious was the offense was motoring, right? Good tempo, good open routes, and then they got really conservative the second half. Seemed like they could have kept the pressure up and didn't, whether that's not wanting to put more on tape or they were gassed themselves, <laughs> as you would have thought the Bears' defense was trying to chase them around. So uh, it's going to be difficult to really look to either of these teams for fantasy heroes, except in spot plays, it would seem. Yeah, and I, and I think when you look at the Rams in the near future, they've got the Dolphins in Week 8. We know that because uh, Tua's debut for Miami. Yeah. I think that there will be opportunities there. They'll have a bye, and then they have Seattle in Week 10, and there definitely will be opportunities there. There's not a defense worse than the National Football League. The problem just becomes where in previous years, all those Rams were playable guys. This year, I don't think that's the case even though you could see Robert Woods with a seven-catch, 160-yard, two-touchdown game. Because if you have Cooper Cup on your team, that could be the game where he has three catches and 22 yards. So they, it's the guessing game, and you, you hope you hit. But I just that's the only trouble that I see with the Rams, even with this favorable matchup, is you still can get burned because it may be the other guy that ends up having the monster day and not your guy. 
Yeah, I'd rather go to the casinos in Vegas sure. or here in California <laughs> I, I, and try try my luck with getting that right because, uh, as we see, it's tough proposition. Woods with a bit of a groin injury, so the bye week coming up after the Week 8 game against Miami will be good timing for him. But, yeah, to your point, you, you're looking at the only guy that was consistent when healthy is Higby. If you're looking mm-hmm. for just, all right, that's going to be my tight end play. The wide receivers, running backs, I'm guessing Henderson's the guy, but you saw Brown was the guy with the touchdown. So yeah. it, it's a tough – and they still keep saying they want to get Akers involved. So <laughs> when does that happen? And if it does, it's absolute fantasy chaos. So stick to the daily fantasy leagues and your pickums. Let's go to the three-point conversion recap from our last podcast where we hit on a couple of things. I'll start it off because I mentioned Antonio Brown, and I said stay away from Antonio Brown. He is going to be a Buccaneer, signing his one-year deal. We just don't have an outcome on that game. Swift trucking, I went for a what can Brown do for you, Swift trucking, a FedEx theme, these shippers, carriers across the country, so I went with that theme. Uh, DeAndre Swift, did get into the end zone, but just didn't have the usage that you thought he would get. Falcons did a good job controlling the clock. And again, it's Adrian Peterson with more of the carries, 11 as opposed to nine for Swift. Swift did have four catches. Uh, A modest day coming off of his big day that he had the previous week. But I will say that Washington came through. I told you that the Cowboys were in trouble. Uh, Not that you disagreed with me, but I, I, I figured that the Cowboys would have a long day on Sunday in the nation's capital with that Washington front and Washington came through just like FedEx would and we saw what happened to the Cowboys we'll talk about them later in the podcast but I did convert on that three-point conversion nicely done uh I had a big bet on Josh Allen he was my number one ranked quarterback obviously against the New York football Jets Uh, The misery continued. We're now at an official streak when it comes to Josh Allen and terrible play. Uh, But I'm taking my win off Sherbert. I mean, Herbert uh, and what he (laughs) had to put up for the day. Number one uh, on the board with his point total against Jacksonville. So uh, I'm just taking that. I'm spiking the ball and moving on. (laughs) <laughs> we have to start calling anytime you love Josh Allen, you're living in Allentown. Can we do that? I like that. The, sure. <laughs> Especially, I mean, one of my favorite hey, albums of all time. Hey, hey. I am not a big Billy Joel Whoa. fan. I am not a – and I know people love him and they'll see him every year at Madison Square Garden or Central Park and do his concert, but – I am not. We didn't start the fire. Annoys me. That's. I. Are you a fan of that song? I. That song. That song. No. Okay. Good. No. Good. I celebrate a lot of the rest of his catalog, but that certainly is not one that makes it for me. Uh, there's uh, one called Lullaby that always gets me. Sure. Sure. I'm just not good as night, much of a fanatic. Now. Yeah. No. Exactly. As, I mean, you go to '70s Joel, and obviously you have the joke. Uh, from Step Brothers with 80s Joel and Horatio Sands losing his mind going, no, we only do 80s Joel. Maybe you don't <laughs> like uh, Uptown Girl and all those songs. I don't know. But to me, when you go back to The Stranger and some of those other uh, other albums, I mean, that that's really where you get me. In those highlight videos where you would look back on a season, sort of a one shining moment sort of theme, this is the time is the song that I always liked 
when you're looking back on the 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 highlights of your great season and it's very 80s but i do like that song by uh by billy joel we'll 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 move this on we'll we'll we'll, we'll leave the billy joel conversation and look back for at the, the longest time was. we will oh very good very good yeah, yeah. oh lead the lap our executive producer was waiting in the wings to drop a billy joel pun as well we just don't have a microphone for him right now <laughs> by the way you could get lead to lap on twitter at lead to lap you can get mike on twitter at swollen dome you can find me on twitter at dan Bayer on fox and if you want to send a tweet to the page if you have any fantasy questions go to at i want your flex it's a place that we can check them out as well there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip i'd like to check into the centurion lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to point game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney Collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility Dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. So let's look back at week seven. I mentioned the Seahawks defense entertaining game on Sunday night. Uh, Up until, in my case, when the Seahawks lost the game, that stunk. The point being with this matchup, fantasy-wise, is continuing with the theme. When you have bad defenses in the NFL, you got to play guys that are against that team. And the Seahawks have the worst defense right now in NFL history through six games when it comes to yards allowed. No one has given up more yards. The Arizona Cardinals were a big uh, beneficiary of that. You saw saw Kyler Murray uh, have a spectacular night. But it's just amazing to me on just how bad some of these defenses are. And and now if you're Seattle and you've got the 49ers coming to town, if I'm someone playing fantasy, and I'll get to the specifics in a bit, but I'm picking up as many 49ers as I can because Seattle has just shown they have no desire to stop anybody, and they didn't on Sunday night. No, and that's just it. Shootout after shootout. And as we look across the NFL, there's a lot of bad defenses. A lot. I mean, even going back to the Bears-Rams game for a moment, here's two of your – better defenses and certainly the bears a top 10 scoring defense and we've seen what they they've done throughout the year some terrible tackling in the first half exhibited there and and i think that's emblematic of what we've seen through the first seven weeks of the season you got a lot of arm tackles or guys going for the big stick and not landing properly so all they're doing is pinballing the guy forward and he's falling ahead for another seven yards or maybe he keeps his feet and keeps going. Uh, so certainly Seattle and Dallas are our two poster children uh, for this season as far as bad defenses. The fallout from that game, both starting running backs came down with injuries and are going to miss time. Kenyon Drake, high ankle sprain, is is going to be out for a bit for Arizona. And that really could usher in the Chase Edmonds era. Drake was actually emotional when he got hurt. I think that he thought the worst when it came to his ankle injury. And you have to remember, this guy is playing on a transition tag, so he has free agency coming up and really hadn't done anything in the first six uh, games of the season. So to have that injury hurt him, but you could see Chase Edmonds taking that spot over. You're still going to have, by the way, Kylo Murray stealing goal line touches and vulturing those touchdowns so that's not going to change the Seattle side of things a little trickier because Carlos Hyde's got a bit of a hamstring according to to Pete Carroll Uh, Travis Homer was a bit dinged up so they had to go to the rookie DJ Dallas not that Homer would be a play but if you're looking for someone to replace Chris Carson Carlos Hyde isn't the sure bet just because of the hamstring but if if he is healthy enough he would be the guy getting the touches obviously hey CJ Procise just got cut did he come back (laughs) oh no no more of that no (laughs) that is done they 
held on to that thing for so long. My goodness. There is a better chance that Marshawn Lynch comes back again than C.J. Procise would come back. Oh, my goodness. I I found him out on the wire uh, on the newsreel a little bit earlier. But, yeah, it's certainly not not clear up. Look, a lot of it's still runoff. Russell Wilson's arm, as we've seen, right? It's Metcalf. Uh, It's Tyler Lockett. We'll get to him in a little bit. Chase Edmonds was one of the guys on the sleeper, not just because of Seattle, but also because oftentimes to cite Seinfeld, people hated the Drake, right? He's still among the leading rushers in the game, but he's not been a threat uh, except once or one or two games in terms of red zone efficiency. But Edmonds has a good receiver out of the backfield. That's where he made his hay here. Seven catches, 87 yards to give him, along with 58 rushing yards, a 21-point performance, good enough for fifth amongst running backs this week. So uh, you know they'll keep moving, and Kyler Murray's on pace for 1,000 rushing yards. So just always remember that in the back of your mind. He's going to tuck uh, and run as he goes, as you mentioned, Dan. So uh, two tough situations, two high-flying, high-scoring teams. Uh, And now it's just rolling the dice. We talked about handcuffs a lot early in the season. Arizona's got the clear one. Seattle, you thought you did, but now it's clouded. But Hyde only owned it about 10% of leagues. I was in the unfortunate circumstance because of injuries and, and needing someone to start. I had to cut him two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And now it's, ah, there would be a starter. Well, there were, and there was an opportunity, too, where Chris Carson got dinged up, and you thought maybe Carlos Hyde was going to play. I believe it was the Miami game, and, it, and uh, Carson ended mm-hmm. up coming back and ended up playing that next week. So right. the, a lot of the Hyde pickups became useless at that point. You know, we joke about C.J. Procise. But number one, it may not be far off because that could be a possibility. And we're not telling you to pick up CJ Procise. The point that I'm making, though, is for Seattle's running backs this week, for Arizona's running backs for this week, for any team, the 49ers and their dinged up backfield, you can't add anybody anymore because of the COVID timelines that you have for these games. You got to have guys in the building. And if you sign them too late and you don't get them in soon enough, they're not going to be eligible to play. So that's actually the one good thing fantasy wise is, you know the guys that are in the building, and by Tuesday, they're not going to be able to add anybody and put them in, make them active for sure. the next week. So that's at least one good thing fantasy-wise. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys would probably like to uh, get rid of everyone if they could, including the coaching staff. But after that embarrassment against Washington, Mike, I, I know that you have to play Ezekiel Elliott, and we don't know Andy Dalton's status after his concussion that he has, but... Are most Cowboys benchable now because yeah. of, of, of where they are without Dak? Yeah, I, th- I think we're at a point where I don't think any of them are automatic plays, including Ezekiel Elliott. You watched that game on Sunday. Who was the better running back on the field? It Antonio was Tony Pollard. Gibson. Oh, yeah, I thought you meant the other sidelines. No, yeah, but on the yeah. other side, certainly sure. Gibson by, by a mile. Yeah, but and J.D. McKissick roster, for that matter. Yeah, yeah, McKissick as a runner and receiver, you know, a little muted in his numbers this week. But, yeah, he's a guy that I'd rather have that side of the equation. But Tony Pollard's the better running back for what they have right now. They've got a bad offensive line. He's running like his hair is on fire when they get him the ball as a runner or receiver. Zeke Elliott's afraid or seems afraid, right, that his ball security is a problem and running behind a shoddy offensive line, and we know he doesn't want anything to do with blitz pickup. 
That's not, he's not even pretending half the mm-hmm. time. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Tony Pollard start taking a little more of the role, even which, though which they is, paid Zeke. Yeah, and that surprised me because that was actually one of Zeke's strengths was pass protection. Even when he just came into the league, it was he was a guy you couldn't take off the field because he would be able to block for you and is actually one of the better blocking backs. And funny, I played C.D. Lamb this past week, uh, zero catches, uh, targeted five times, didn't have any of the, didn't bring in any of the passes. Some just flat out drops. Had had a carry for a yard, and that was about it. You take his maybe upside, throw it out the window. Michael Gallup, throw it out the window. Uh, if if Danucci is your quarterback, yeah, there none of them are. I'm playing no one against the Eagles on Sunday night. No, I mean you saw Gallup with what did he have? Two targets, I think. Uh, and Amari Cooper yeah. for long stretches is invisible. I mean, the only guy you half trust is the safety valve of Dalton Schultz. Just the desperation, <laughs> just get the ball sure. out of my hands. Uh, but now it's time to go trade for Ryan Fitzpatrick or someone to lead your team for a while. Uh, that hit on Andy Dalton was that was scary stuff, watching that live and in living color. But uh, for fantasy purposes, yeah, they're done. Here's- they're done. They're all benchable. You know, and and your your point about the quarterback is, I don't even think it's Andy Dalton's fault. I don't think I, no. they don't block anyone. They can't block anyone. And the Redskins, excuse me, the Washington Football Team have a better defensive line than people would want to think. They, I mean, they they can really get after it. And for the next five or ten years in the NFC East, that's going to be something the three other teams are going to have to deal with. But. Trading for a quarterback, you hear a lot of Sam Darnold rumors, you know, like that sort of thing. It's like, it doesn't matter. The quarterback's going to get crushed anyway, whoever's back there. So it doesn't matter if it's, you know, Andy Dalton, Ben DiNucci, or Ben Seaver from Growing Pains. They're going to get crushed. (laughs) Yeah, it it really does circle back to that uh, opening topic of the Bears and whatever Nick Foles may or may not have told Brian Greasy. You can say the same thing for the Cowboys, right? The injuries yeah. on that offensive line, it's it's you got no chance. I mean, Andy Dalton should be operating from a nine-yard shotgun like he's going to punt the ball <laughs> uh, the way you're at. Bring out the long snapper and give him the extra step or two because, I mean, you got to have happy feet and you're, you're trying to get the ball out well ahead of breaks. The time, There's no timing. There's no continuity. And, and Andy Dalton had no prayer. Uh, and obviously we know the big hit that ended his day. But before that, there's no comfort in the pocket. Like, and did you ever see him set his feet to throw the ball? <laughs> no, it was half, half of them were jump passes just to get the thing out of there. I would love if the Cowboys came out on first down in punt formation where you then had to guess if they were actually going to throw or punt on first down because the guy would you would have Andy Dalton or Ben DiNucci taking the snap from 15 yards back and you'd have to decipher what is the better play. I It's like I you meant, were playing street football again, Dan. Yeah, Don't right. Kick. Yeah, f- one banana, two banana. Speaking of uh <laughs> quarterbacks and their health, we are going to be watching one quarterback in week 8 who's really never had too much experience or hasn't had hardly any experience taking an NFL snap, but it may have been the reason why we waited this long to see him, and that would be Tua Tungavailoa of the Miami Dolphins. Health always the reason when we said, why, when is Tua going to play? When are the Dolphins going to make a change? And we 
wanted to know when the switch was going to happen and kind of surprised everyone that it happened after week six after the Dolphins approved a three and three with that win over the Jets and surprising to everyone including Ryan Fitzpatrick but the time is now for Tua and he's going to get the start against the Rams would you pick up Tua if he was available in a league entering week eight and not only just for the matchup against the Rams Mike but for the rest of the season is Tua someone you'd want to stash on your team yeah, I'll roster him. There's going to be some opportunities. Hey, they got to play the Jets. Uh, the Bills have shown some cracks of late, and we know the Patriots aren't what the Patriots once were. Not like you're going to run roughshod and suddenly put up 38 on them, but you're going to be able to have your success. I think with Tua, when you look at Williams and, and you look at Devontae Parker, assuming he comes back in full health coming out of the bye, you've got – guys out of the backfield that can catch the ball gaskin's been serviceable and you still have howard and and brita there uh and gasicki hasn't quite been the beast he was to start the season but who's always the young quarterback's best friend your tight end. tight end so he's a guy that's probably been kicked off to the waiver wire so might have some value to be had there but i think i'll take a run with two i'm still ticked off that fitzpatrick got deposed but i'll save that 15 minute rant for another time I, I have Devontae Parker on my team. I was hoping for his purposes that Fitzpatrick would get more run because I thought he was more valuable. However, I am now intrigued seeing the great success of Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow as rookie quarterbacks. Just wondering if Tua uh, can do the same and maybe not match their starts because they're having great starts to the season, but at least sure. be a viable play and keep the level of those other Dolphins up. I would take a flyer as well on him. I would put him on my team, especially if you're in a not favorable quarterback position. Maybe you have Deshaun Watson as your starting quarterback, or maybe maybe you've got Josh Allen as your starting quarterback. And and yeah. as you said, which has now become a thing, maybe it's worth just just taking a flyer on Tua right now. I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, I think part of it, Dan, is just the philosophical, right, of originally it was a week 11 bye, and maybe that was the plan that gets expedited because of the week 7 switch. So here we are, and, the, and that was the, the plan. So as long as he's healthy, let, let's go see what the kid has. I, I'd love to see them open up the playbook and, and see what he can do downfield. Just I, I would like it to not be a conservative approach because right now that division is there to go and try to win. So that's where sure. the intrigue to all of this happens from the straight football perspective. It's Lawabj in Cleveland. Uh, life without Odell Beckham Jr. is what I'm talking about. <laughs> but the Browns broke out without him against Cincinnati. Raiders come to town in Week 8. But now you see Baker Mayfield uh, with his 21 straight completions, only stopped by a spike uh, in that yeah. game against Cincinnati. So that ended up stopping the strike. Streak. We heard Kevin Stefanski on Monday say that Nick Chubb could be back following the team's bye in Week Nine from his uh, from his injury. So the Browns things are looking up after that win against Cincinnati. Fantasy wise, without Odell Beckham Jr., how are things looking for the Browns? You know what, though, I'm going to let you lead. I heard the discussion you had with George Reister on Sunday afternoon. I was driving around as the word okay. came down that there was an injury. And I thought your analysis was dead on, and I agree 100%. So I want you to take full credit for what you had to say about Baker Mayfield's running of that offense. Yeah, I, I think that it's the, again, the 
pressure for Baker Mayfield to get the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. is no longer there. You saw the targets that were spread around the team. I mean, David Njoku wanted to be traded, and what do you know? He scores a touchdown against Cincinnati. You know, like there's there there was enough to go around for everyone. Five touchdowns. Rashard Higgins had over a hundred yards receiving. Uh, Jarvis Landry is a bit dinged up as he has been all season. Still a reliable target. Five for forty eight. The pressure that comes off of Baker Mayfield to throw the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. is just immense. And the OBJ thing to me has been I felt that Eli Manning had enough had enough cachet with the Super Bowl wins that he had and the mentality that he had to allow Odell Beckham Jr. to accumulate the stats that he did. Eli would make throws that I'm not sure 90% of the quarterbacks in the National Football League would be willing to make. But then you put Odell Beckham Jr. on the other side of that and his talent the way that it is, is he can make those plays. And, and Odell's first three seasons in the National Football League We're off the charts when it comes to receiving. Now, considering in his first three years, when we talk about receivers acclimating, there's no one who acclimated quicker than OBJ did in the National Football League when when he came in in his rookie year. He was hurt a little bit at the beginning of that rookie year, but really was great. But Eli Manning was the guy, to me, that was able to make those throws and could make those throws and was really the only option in New York. So those stats built up. With the Cleveland now... Baker Mayfield can't make those throws. Not physically what I'm saying. He just can't do it within the system and where he is at the quarterback and where he is in his career. So now to have that pressure off, I don't think that it was a coincidence at all that he had 21 straight completions when Odell Beckham Jr. was off the field. I I think you start going through your progressions more, to your point. You start looking off you know, that number one spot perhaps a bit more than you do because what do we keep saying? Oh, how important it is to get him in early. Look what they did against Dallas. They're calling end arounds and and everything. And, you know, it's good play calling. Take advantage of a bad defense and make it work. But, you know, that that works against terrible defenses. And, well, Cincinnati's isn't good. But it's the idea of going forward, how do you – keep the offense churning once Nick Chubb comes back it's pretty clear that's what your focus is right on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and then spread the ball around try to play a little bit of defense while you try to get these guys healthy for the second half of the season in that back seven but for Baker Mayfield made all the throws you know everybody continued their narratives uh into the new week of if you don't like Baker Mayfield No matter what he's going to do, you're never going to like Baker Mayfield. He played a fantastic game, took advantage of what was there, and I think it showed signs, and and we'll see the progression. But when you add a Higgins uh, to the the mix and you got Hunt as a good receiver out of the backfield, you got guys that you can deploy, and Joku will be happy. Maybe he still gets traded if (laughs) Hooper comes back from his injury fast. Yeah. But – You've got a guy, at least you know there's a physical mismatch to be had because you've got to pay attention if he starts really distributing the ball well. So I think it bodes well for the Cleveland offense overall. Sorry to see OBJ go. You know, he's one of the more interesting characters in the game, and when he's right and things are clicking, it's fun as hell. But if Baker's going to have to try to force the ball to him 8 to 12 times a game, what does that mean? The rest of the offense suffers. You know how much I hate the Michigan Wolverines. Just can't stand yeah. them. But when you when you see Michigan and you watch them play, I will say this. The 
one player offensively that I always thought was a problem and would be a problem for Ohio State when they played was Donovan Peoples-Jones. And so now he's in the NFL and ends up having three catches, ends up scoring. That is a guy. It's not going to replace Odell Beckham Jr., but I think that you could see more from him. He, to me, is a guy that's going to be in the NFL for 10 to 12 years and is going to make plays. Maybe it's maybe this is his opportunity to step up. I, I don't know how great it would be to the point that we're talking about of now Baker being able to spread it around and get the ball to tight ends and stuff like that. But you're also going to see, I think, an emergence from a guy like him. I've always thought that he was a really, really good football player, and it showed against Cincinnati in Week 7. Well, I think this is the curiosity, right? With the COVID-19, a lot of leagues, I know yours didn't, Dan, but a lot of leagues adding IR spots for injured players, COVID-related players, and just generally adding more depth to benches. This is where I'm looking at a Higgins, or I'm looking mm-hmm. at, at him to, to and deeper down that depth chart to say, okay, in my 19th slot, may, maybe Peoples Jones is sure. the guy that I'll throw in, right? And maybe maybe he doesn't elevate to my starting lineup. I don't have enough bye week catastrophes or injuries, and his target numbers don't ascend. But you know what? I'd rather have that guy. It's the old philosophy I, I preach here all the time. I'd rather have that guy sitting on my bench and rotting away there than coming into someone else's lineup and beating <laughs> me with a big day. Oh, uh, Let's get to our predictions that we hit on and, of course, our epic fail. Yes, epic fails. Uh, I, I had a mixed bag on my give me one reasons because I did hit for the simple fact that my Give me one reason to start a guy outscored my give me one reason to bench a guy. So I was happy with that. Curtis Samuel would have given you 17.3 points for the Carolina Panthers and your fantasy team from his effort against the Saints on Sunday. Got into the end zone. And I could I listen, you guys need to vouch for me, Mike and Lee. I told you guys off air that I said I was going to say DJ Moore. But I felt it was more of an obvious pick that DJ Moore would have started right. anyway. So I wanted to go with a deeper dive. Samuel gave me a little bit, uh, not as much as DJ Moore would have, but still, I'll take a win on that. But because I took a win on that, I'm going to take the loss on Melvin Gordon. Philip Lindsay got hurt for Denver, so Gordon ended up having 68 yards, did get in the end zone at a couple of uh, of uh, receptions as well. So would have given you some points. But I'm going to say I went one and one, and they give me one reason for week seven now the samuel's a great pick uh you're trying to find value and dj moore's a guy you're always going to start samuel's going to be one of those all right give me one of these four samuel blah 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 right so you picked the one of the four and he found the end zone so celebratory dance for you cha-ching nicely done let's get to your uh hits and uh, I don't think there were a lot of epic fails, honestly, because I know you hit on Herbert. Yeah, yeah. There, the, you're giving me that. You're giving me that look. But go ahead, give me your your hits and your epic fails. Yeah, this is one where I, I really I judge myself harshly, right? You make bold predictions, uh, and you're guaranteed to find a couple that come back to bite you. Uh, on the hits, obviously Herbert, uh, massive day for him. Kareem Hunt, I had. Uh, in my top five. Well, he finished eighth, but still 19 points 
out the jump, a, a to hitting 100 total yards plus the touchdown. One of the ninjas was Chase Edmonds. Uh, not the way you want it to happen in terms of yeah. guys getting hurt, but you take them as they come. Uh, Todd Gurley with the inadvertent touchdown really took it over, finishing fourth <laughs> on the week. Uh, I had him third for the week. He finished fourth, 63 yards, two scores. Uh, we got a whole, that's a whole psychological thing that he's going to have to deal with, uh, for a long, long time there in Atlanta, but anything, uh, is guaranteed to go wrong, uh, right now when it comes to that, uh, the Kyler Murray pick Baker Mayfield, we talked about quite a bit. Uh, and then Derek Henry, he found the end zone, but he finished 15th on the week. So he was our cautionary tale of guys that were normally, Hey, you know, absolutely huge. But for this week. Make sure you're maximizing other positions because facing that Steelers defense and what a crazy game that was. Uh, he found the end zone to save you, but it could have been uh, even uglier. On the misses, I already mentioned Josh Allen. Yeah, he had a 368 total yards, 307 in the air, 61 on the ground, but that gives him 20th uh, amongst quarterbacks this week. Cam Newton thought we'd get some running effort out of him. Figured he would be a little muted in the passing side, but to be benched, three interceptions, 35th. Mike Davis was my number two running back. Yeah, that's not good for anybody. Uh, 12 rushing yards, five catches, 24 yards, good for 30th. And I mentioned Kenny Galladay. Yeah, he went over the 100 mark, but he was still 23rd on the week for wide receivers. Good enough for a starting position, uh, but not so great. Stephon Diggs was in my top five. Yeah, six for 48. He was 47th among wide receivers. Will Fuller was 39th. And then I'm going to give myself a big whiff because in my rankings, Tyler Lockett I had as a mid-WR2. And as you well know, because uh, the back-to-back -back weeks, he'd scored a total of 14 points, <laughs> which meant I don't know what I'm getting out of him. And instead, we get the hat trick. We get 200 yards. I think it was two weeks ago. Well, actually, it was four weeks ago that I tried to convince everybody that Tyler Lockett was still Russell Wilson's favorite target. And then I had to admit after the Vikings game that, all right, in those situations, uh, Russell Wilson looks for DK Metcalf. And what happens on Sunday night, Tyler Lockett emerges again. So it tells me just stick with, stick with your feelings. Don't be swayed by the one-week things. Not that DK Metcalf was a one-week thing, but it's 1A and 1B in Seattle. And that's that's where you've got you lock it with an amazing, amazing game, but still proud of what you hit on, Mike, because it's Justin Herbert was magnificent. You had Murray, you had Wilson. You, you went along with that. Uh, Kenny Galladay's got to get his butt in the end zone at some point as well. Let's go to the celebrity selections because, well, it's one of our favorite times of the show. Even celebrities have fantasies. Two chicks at the same time, man. Who better to set your starting lineup than the stars themselves? Hey, what's going on? It's Nick Lachey. Hi, this is Daryl Hall. And this is John Oates. This is Snoop Deagle Double G. Hi, this is Bob Eubanks from the Newlywed Game. They rack them, we rank them. It's Celebrity Selections. Our celebrity for Week 7 was a member of the United States men's national team, former professional soccer player, Aguchi Anyewu, was our celebrity picker. You can find him on Twitter, at... Aguchi and Wei Yu 5. And Aguchi, Mike, got bit. 
by the injury bug because he put in his lineup in time for our episode that was going to launch on Friday morning. At that point, we had no idea that Aaron Jones was going to be a scratch for the Green Bay Packers. Ended up being the case, uh, dealing with a, a calf strain. And so Aaron Jones ended up not playing, was one of the players that Gucci put in his starting lineup. So he had Josh Allen, Aaron Jones, and George Kittle. You mentioned Josh Allen's stat line. George Kittle ended up having five catches for 55 yards. So in the end, because of the goose egg from Aaron Jones, Aguchi and Wayu comes in at 31.6 points for week six. It's tough. And and we did we could have given him Jamal Williams' numbers, which would have been like 21.4 points. He would have, would have finished with 53, but we got to go with the lineup. So Aguchi and Yewu with the 31.6 with only two players playing in our celebrity selections. Well, now, to be fair, Dan, uh, a lot of folks would have said, hey, you need to put Dylan in the lineup. Yeah, pre-game, that's true. Right? Yeah, that was the big sure. debate. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney Collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility Dads appreciate. 
Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Let's dive into waiver wire. Moving on from our celebrities, because week eight in the National Football League, we'll have the Cardinals, Texans, Jaguars, and the Washington football team with buys. I We both talked about Tua time, and it's time for Tua, so go ahead and roster him. And I'll also mention that, to your point, Chase Edmonds probably should have been rostered, but for some reason, if he's not in your league, maybe people... Mm-hmm just weren't paying attention, you're definitely going to want to pick up Chase Edmonds. But who else are we looking for at the waiver wire in week eight? Well, we got to look at uh, P. Ryan for the New York football Jets. 55 total yards on 13 touches and a touchdown. Look, they got to move away from Frank Gore. Uh, and you saw that he runs with a, a little bit of violence. Sure. Uh, young guy getting to the outside, can catch the ball out of the backfield. Going up against uh, you know a solid team in the Buffalo defense, uh, some cracks of late, but he's he's the heir apparent, right? Le'Veon Bell is gone, and Frank Gore is just riding out the string. Did I, did I mention that we've watched Frank Gore's kid play in college this year? Uh, anyway, uh, moving on from that, we, you know, the Carlos Hyde thing uh, is certainly there. He's only rostering 10%. Richard Rodgers and Jalen Rieger of the Eagles, those are two guys to look at why Dallas is on the – the table but for Rodgers he's the only healthy guy you really got going Rieger's coming back off injury so the ex- expectation is that you'll be able to get some sort of production out of him uh, with Deshaun Jackson getting hurt once again an opportunity still waiting on Alshon Jeffrey as well uh, by week so this one's a long-term play is you're looking at Logan Thomas uh, of Washington four for 60 in a score against Dallas but he has scored in back-to-back weeks so a little bit of an opportunity there going back to San Francisco we were talking about their running back situation Jeff Wilson was the number one running back score for fantasy purposes in week seven but ankle injury uh tevin coleman comes back <laughs> from injury and expected to play uh so he and jamichael hasty probably fighting uh fighting for touches this week going forward you got irv smith for uh some help out of the minnesota uh position uh back-to-back weeks where he's caught four balls on five targets 64 and 55 yards so take some opportunity and then we still don't know what's going on in new orleans so traquan smith being one of the few healthy guys uh running a, a muck uh four for four 54 yards obviously the way drew Brees distributes the ball you're going to have some muted efforts but opportunity is all i can promise 
The 49ers situation bears monitoring because you mentioned Tevin Coleman and Kyle Shanahan even mentioned it after their win against New England that they were just giving Jarek McKinnon kind of a week off. And so Jeff Wilson ends up having that three touchdown effort, but then gets hurt. And now you're saying, wow, Kyle Shanahan is a freaking genius. Tevin Coleman, because he's not necessarily guaranteed yet to come back off of IR, but there is a possibility he could practice this week and no more against that Seattle defense. So monitor that 49ers situation. So if, if Coleman and McKinnon are available, uh, people that you may want to jump on. Nelson Aguilar got, five, or got nine targets for the Raiders. And I know that Henry Ruggs is the – the hot name, but I still think a veteran wide receiver is nice to throw to. I think that Cleveland's going to have more of an opportunity maybe to try to control the clock against the the Raiders than they did against the Bengals. But I would also look at Nelson Aguilar. Just uh, why not try to ride a hot hand if you're looking for a, a wide receiver, if maybe you've got DeAndre Hopkins on by or Will Fuller or someone like that. Uh, maybe Nelson Aguilar keeps the streak going with his uh, nine catches that he had against the Buccaneers. Yeah, as we were talking about, you know, with Cleveland, Higgins on the other side is six for 110. But with Aguilar, like health was not his friend uh, during the end of his run back in Philly. And we look at him here in, in Vegas – you know, Ruggs is the deep guy. That's it, right? He's, what was it, 29 yards per catch or something like that that he was averaging. Yeah. Uh, so what what does that tell you? That's just a throw it up or scheme it out to where you may get one or two pops a game. And, and maybe you're lucky against a bad defense that that'll expand or you're getting buried. So you've got to keep chucking it. With Aguilar, he's a guy that can run the full tree. So as long as he's healthy, certainly worth a look-see. Yeah, and I think I said nine catches, nine targets is nine targets. what I meant. Nine sure. targets, five catches for Aguilar, but still was over 100 and got into the end zone and tied uh, Darren Waller for the high-end targets for the Raiders, who again have the Browns coming up in Week 8. All right, Thursday night football. This is an interesting matchup because I think that the Falcons haven't lived up to expectations, which is obvious, while the Panthers have fully succeeded expectations. An NFC South matchup. Christian McCaffrey was able to get on the practice field on Monday, but still not likely to go on Thursday night. So you may want to wait that out. Panthers have a really late bye this year, but you could expect McCaffrey back in week nine. I'm not mad at anybody in this matchup, Mike. And I really like Teddy Bridgewater in this in this game for Carolina. So if you've got – I'm not saying play everyone, but you could convince me to play anybody on Carolina and anybody on Atlanta, and I'd be good with it for Thursday Night Football. Yeah, I think there's points to be had in this game, as you mentioned. Maybe a nice bounce back uh, for Mike Davis so he doesn't make me look dumb uh, two weeks in a row. Uh, but Todd Gurley, he's, he's scored, what, in five of seven games, right? I mean, he's got opportunity, and maybe this one he won't be falling into the end zone uh, accidentally. Good for fantasy owners, bad for the rest of the world uh, as far as those Atlanta Falcons fans. But we, we talked about Samuel and D.J. Moore opportunities there. Um Teddy Bridgewater is a guy who's quietly, he's a top five in terms of 
passing yards right now. Yeah. He's number five in the league, believe it or not. Robbie Anderson, number two, he's over 640 receiving yards. So opportunities uh, downfield here against Atlanta, certainly. Uh, Matt Ryan, he's got three guys that you can look at when you talk about Ridley, Julio Jones, and Mr. Gage. He's uh, been targeted frequently. Uh, may may have some muted efforts in there, but as we know, their defense isn't very good. So Matt Ryan always uh, has to have some extra ice available for the shoulder. I'm going to make a prediction. The Saints beat the Panthers in Week 7, 27-24. I'm going to predict it's the second straight week the Panthers play a 27-24 game. There's my are prediction. Are winning this one, though? I'm just going to leave it at that. I'll just leave it. Okay. You know, the Falcons are interesting because I watched a decent amount of that Lions game. And watching them, they got turnovers against Minnesota, and they were able to, to cash in, and it was kind of a no contest. But to see Matt Ryan and the Falcons, they were very deliberate. They're not chucking the ball 50 yards downfield like they used right. to. It was chunk after chunk taking up time, keeping the opposing offense off the field. I'm wondering if that's going to carry over in Carolina, but it just sets up to me like a 27-24 game. But but watch Atlanta. It's not necessarily the high-flying team that went to the Super Bowl a few years ago, even though a lot of the pieces are the same. It's uh, the, I felt that they were more uh, – uh, reeled in against Detroit, and I think that was conscious to keep their defense off the field. But that's what we've got for Thursday Night Football, Falcons and Panthers. Fun matchup. Wish you could flex it out to Sunday. You know, <laughs> yes. So if we're going to have a Sunday game, I don't want to watch the Cowboys. I'm sorry. Did you catch, so. my, tw- did you catch my tweet on the, the uh, Sunday night game? I said well, the you N- want to get rid of it altogether. I said, not, well, I tweeted, I said that the NFL should flex the Cowboys and Eagles to Wednesday at 3 a.m. Eastern time. That was, oh, that I like was, that. Yeah, that was, that, that was, eh, you know, hey, oh, I, I why did not? that. No, I'm going to go find that and like <laughs> it right now. Let's get to the three-point conversion to wrap this episode up. I'm going to just continue and I'll take it. I say roll the dice with Teddy B. He actually... This may sound crazy. You mentioned his yardage, which is something that we've looked out. He may be a better option this week than Patrick Mahomes. You mentioned the Jets game. With them being a 21-point favorite, the Chiefs' moves this year are all about getting back to the Super Bowl, going back. Mahomes, a pretty subdued game in the snow in Denver. If they get up big... I think that the Chiefs try to get Le'Veon Bell his revenge and that they put this baby on cruise control. So roll the dice with Teddy B. If you know, uh, I'm not saying bench Patrick Mahomes, but I think that there's a chance that he'll have a better week. And plus, you've got Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson on buys already. Take a flyer on Tua, something we touched on earlier in the podcast and touched on the last week. And I'm going to say get your A game on when it comes to pickups. Nelson Aguilar, as we mentioned, from the Raiders, but also Brandon Ayuka, the 40. 49ers because they're going against the Seahawks. We talked about the injuries that San Francisco has. There are plays to be had, so grab the rookie out of Arizona State if you can. Yeah, an injury to uh, Debo Samuel. Gets yes, back yeah. in the lineup and right, right once again, uh, a hamstring injury. All right, uh, so we talked a lot about the Thursday game, so we'll gauge where we're at ah, uh, because it's week eight, so uh, give me Russell Gage uh, in as a number three wide receiver. Uh, we're going to find the keys to the handcuffs. Why? Because there's so many injuries sure. and bye weeks. If you if go through the rosters and depth charts and find the number two options, make sure that you're covered because this year has, well, for, frankly, it sucked in terms of running back health. You're going to need that help eventually. Don't let someone else siphon that uh, second 
running back on a depth chart away from you. And three, it's time to trim the fat. We've hit that point, Dan. I think we'll probably hammer it more in the next couple of weeks. But there's just guys I don't want any part of anymore. I'm selling my shares. So whether you're trading them or just saying beat it, I got T.Y. Hilton. See ya. Andrew Luck ain't walking through that door. I got Devin Singletary. Zach Moss averaged seven yards a carry. Your time is done. And then Captain Kirk with his 11 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Good for 24th among quarterbacks through the first seven weeks. Uh, See ya. I'm taking you to the tractor beam and sending you off into space. Are you looking for cousin subs? That do you guys? If you guys ever had a cousin sub, it's it's a sub. It's, see, Lee's looking at me. I like that. It's a Midwest sort of thing. It's the Wisconsin thing as well. Uh, there it is. Three point conversion go. from Mike. Three point conversion from me, and that puts a bow on week seven as we look ahead to week eight. Get Mike on Twitter at Swollen Dome. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. You can get our executive producer Lee Delap on Twitter at Lee Delap, and you can find us on the show Twitter page as well at I Want Your Flex. Thanks to Lee Mayak. Thanks to Gucci and Ye Wu for a celebrity selections. We'll have another celebrity for you coming up in our new episode that drops on Friday. Enjoy Thursday Night Football, and we'll get you prepped for Week 8. Talk to you then. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.